Welcome everyone to the CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond where it is uh, Wednesday, January the 13th. There's a lottery about to be decided. Some of us have tickets, so uh, you know if you come up tomorrow and the and the site looks all new and shiny and I, not, some one of us, multiples of us are nowhere to be found. Uh, you'll know why. Um, although, you know, it's funny. Everybody always says that, but then, like, if you win the lottery, it doesn't show up in your house, like, the next day. You know, it takes them a little bit of time to get your to get your money. So it's not like you can really quit your job, per se. Like, you you kind of have to keep doing your job for a little while, um, which I, I – how awful would that be to win a billion dollars and then you still have to do your job for, like, another week? Like, wouldn't that be rough? Like, wouldn't that be awful? Anyway, uh, we're going to talk Virginia basketball, not talk about the lottery. Um or the fact that what tickets we have and what our numbers are. Uh, we're going to get into, obviously, uh, last week I was really hot and bothered and very upset and um, edgy about um, about the basketball team. And you guys were all like, I don't know, it's not a big deal. And then they go out and they lose. And then it was almost a DEFCON 5, but luckily they, they, they gutted it out last night, got the win. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about where the team is um, this week. Um and then I, before I do that, I want to get into something else, but also I, let's go ahead and introduce everybody. Out in Waynesboro, David Spence, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you, Brad. Happy birthday to my mom. <laughs> David Spence, Who Dave's on the board, at Who Dave's on Twitter. Your mom listens to the podcast? Yeah, she better. It's her birthday. That's awesome. All right. Well, happy happy, happy birthday, mom. Uh, also on the podcast uh, from Mighty Northern Virginia is Justin Ferber. Ferber, welcome back, sir. Bueno. Senior staff writer, Justin Ferber. Bueno. Why are you? What? 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 Why are you speaking Spanish? <laughs> no, that's all I got. Happy birthday, Dave's mom. <laughs> this will be the Dave's mom, uh, mom's episode of of the podcast. You know. All right. Speaking of Dave's mom. Woo! Um. <laughs> so we moved the podcast. Wash. We moved the podcast from the rivals uh, infrastructure to the uh, to the Podbean infrastructure, which allowed us to have an SS RSS feed, which allowed us to put it on um, iTunes and. I gotta say, man, dude, a lot more people listen to this podcast than I thought. <laughs> All right, full disclosure: anytime, anytime anybody had ever asked me about the numbers, I'd always just kind of kind of guessed off of the clicks. Um, but I couldn't always know the clicks because uh, not everybody always used the link, right? Because like the link that I put like on Twitter or whatever, like it wasn't always the way everybody get in. But now with the player being embedded, like every play, I know I know where it comes from, I know what device it's on, and holy crap, a lot of people listen to this thing. So we gotta like, like we gotta we gotta like watch what we say, cause they're like all paying attention. Um, wow, I, I'm I'm really impressed um, with the the numbers that we that we did. Uh, maybe we've been doing that all along. Um, maybe the fact that it was it was right there on the board and people could listen, or maybe they were able to. Because I did have a, a, a good percentage of, of the downloads on iTunes. So thanks, everybody out there, for your support of the podcast. I used to always say that at the end, but I really want to make sure I say it tonight because, man, you guys really you guys really listen to this thing. 
Um, and I have not told Ferber or, or Spence that until like right now. So clearly they're going to be completely um, impacted by that as we go forward. Um, <laughs> Pressure's right. up, man. Pre- yeah, you, seriously, you guys, you don't have any idea. There are lots of people out there listening. Um, I'm, I'm just going to bow out now. Ferber's like, all right, it's been real. So, all right, so last week we, we talked, and I told you guys I had a lot. I mean, I was, I was, I was clearly – I went back and listened to it. I, I was clearly uh, all uh, – Whew, I was agitated, um, and a lot of what I think I talked about kind of came to fruition Saturday in Atlanta. Um, I thought last night, though, they played much better, um, especially defensively. Um, they they weren't they still weren't they weren't where you want them to be. Um, but the interesting part to me out of that game was how angry Tony was after it. I mean, that press conference, dude. He was. I mean, you would have thought his team lost by fifteen. I mean, he actually was seemed more at ease Saturday than he did last night. So I, I'm 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 guessing that after the game, guys were really happy, and he and he lit into him, said, "Listen, you know, you got a lot of work to do." Um, and he he said several times last night, "Hey, listen, we're really thankful for the win, but we got a lot of work to do." Um, what did you guys think of the game? Um, do you think that maybe they've turned a corner? Or are you still concerned about that, uh, Ferber? Let's start with you. What 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 were your I don't know. Your uh, takeaways, so to speak, uh, from last night. Well, first off, it was ugly uh, oh, for yeah, the first ugly. twenty minutes, at least. It felt minutes. like it felt like Virginia basketball again. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, I mean that's one of those things. I didn't say this last night on Twitter or anything, but you know, last year, previous years, there are some times where I agree with it, and then there are other times where I'm like, eh, you're looking at it through orange and blue glasses, but. They don't always have the most attractive product on the court. People like refuse to acknowledge that sometimes, but like they've played a much more, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say watchable because that makes me sound like I don't, I couldn't watch the other teams. I thought, I mean, they were fine to watch last year, but um, a more you know up tempo brand of basketball this year. This this last week or so has been really clunky. Um, last night. It seemed like they shook off the rust. Um, they finally caught a gear. There was a moment in the se- in the end of the first half where it seemed like the energy level went way up after the last media timeout. Um, and, and there were some moments in the second half where they lapsed, but it felt like they were kind of a new sort of team in the second half and, and kind of got back to what they've been successful with. Um, Darius Thompson obviously had like a really slow start, but then he kind of got it going at the end of the game and impacted the game. And I think they really need him to be successful because quite frankly, I don't think a lot of the other options, you know, in the backcourt besides the two starters, Brogdon and Perantis have really given them enough to uh, afford the opportunity for UVA to have Thompson lose his minutes for whatever reason. So um, I think that was a good thing overall. um, I mean, I expected them to win being at home, but I think they still have to show us that they can go out on the road and be consistent and avoid the slow start. It seemed like this game they got off to the slow start, but the defense was good enough to you know keep them in the game. And Miami, I guess, matched it with the slow start of their own. They kind of kept it from going in the direction the last two games went. Yeah, I thought that was you know you made a couple of interesting points there. One, you're right about the, the going on the road. I mean that part. It, it's funny to me because Virginia historically, you know, defense is supposed to travel right. Old old uh, cliche adage, what have you. Um, so clearly they got to get that thing going on the road. I thought last night they were definitely more dialed in from the start defensively. It was an interesting decision on the lineup um, to start Salt and to start Shayok, but I thought it benefited them in some ways. 
You're right, though. You said something about they, they've looked clunky offensively. I, I think teams have, have taken away the curl. Um, and it's funny because, like, last night I noticed, and, and maybe you guys did too, that when Miami would, 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 would come off of a screen, okay, when they had a guy come off a screen, everybody reacted. Like, it wasn't just, hey, he's coming on a curl and everybody else is kind of just standing watching. I know that's kind of the nature of Virginia's blocker mover system that sometimes, you know, you, you've got action on this side of the court versus action on the other. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that if when, when, when Rodriguez would make a move, everybody else was doing something. And generally what that meant was it was action off of the opposite side to kind of play into whatever he was doing. So a lot of times at Georgia Tech where, you know, the, I, I thought Brian Gregory did a great job of scheming Virginia up. He knew where the post trap was coming from. He plan. He basically he 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 he. It he looked like to me at least they're timing uh, where the post trap come, when the post trap comes, where it comes from, what the guys do once the post trap comes, and where the outlet was to get the shot that they wanted. I thought Miami did a good job of using the screen, um, and then essentially react at all the different guys reacting. So what it did was it it put Virginia's help defense in a scatter, and I thought there were lots of times where you just see dudes just kind of flying from one side of the court, one side of the lane to the other because they're trying to, you know, the guy that they were, were guarding, right, has moved. This, because of the screen, he, 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 a guy had has, had has had to help, and now he's got to find his guy who is now nowhere near where he was when he, you know, when the, when the, screen, when the screen originally was set. So I thought Miami did a nice job offensively, you know, with a lot of the action, but they just weren't, they just weren't finishing. I thought Virginia did a good job of, Limiting them on the glass, um, so I kind of felt like in, in a lot of ways they took a step forward, but you could also see a lot of the work that they still need to do, um, especially you know, especially in terms of I think the lineup. I, I'm 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 beginning to wonder if the the depth, if the depth in the way that the you know maybe because you know you had you had Perantis who was in and out, and then Shayok was was good and he was hurt, and then you had some guys who didn't play for a while. I'm wondering if. Because they're still trying to figure out rotation and depth and, and, and how guys fit together and who, who your best groups are, um, I'm wondering if that is having an impact on them. And, and Dave and I uh, talked via text a little bit, and I said, you know, what thing? I've, what's interesting to me is that it always seems like Virginia is reacting to somebody else's matchup, not the other way around. Virginia's not the one dictating to another team, okay, we're going to do this and you're going to have to change what you do because we're doing this. Um, I'm wondering if sometimes they're not just kind of getting themselves out of their own rhythm because they're trying to match up for whatever the other team has. And in a game like this where they have a traditional big, I think Virginia's going to be okay. I thought Virginia actually did a really good job of taking Tanya Jakiri out of this game. I mean, he, he just really wasn't that big of a factor. Um, and, he's, and he's markedly improved. Um, I, I just thought that it, it, it would, I, would, I would actually like to see a game where Virginia put its best lineup out there and then made the other team make changes. But that's just me. Dave, what about you? What were some of your takeaways from last night? Um, seeing seeing them finally, you know, not only breaking the, the the losing streak, but also maybe Tony being pretty pretty agitated after game. I mean, his agitation, I kind of liked it. Um, it reminds me of like, I don't like to use Coach K as an example for anything because of my hatred for him, but you would see it from him. Um, and I think it's just a sign of a he thinks he's got a team that is a little more veteran and he needs to keep him in check. So you know, when you expect him to be angry, he's going to be supportive and vice versa. So I didn't take too much out of it other than the fact that, you know, the product wasn't great, as you guys said, on either end of the floor, but it got the job done. So he didn't want it to go to their heads. Um, 
I mean, defensively, we definitely got some issues, and we're, I don't think we're bad defensively. We're just bad compared to where we were last year and the year before. Um, I mean, I still think we're one of the better defensive squads are out there. I haven't, you know, trying to, now as the season rolls on, I've got a chance to, to watch more teams play. Um, it just seems like to me that, you know, the one weakness the defense had, even with a kill and, and Darion, was that stretch four. And it all seems like everyone we play has a stretch four. Um, I, you know, it's, so you've got that going for, you. I mean, I don't, maybe teams are starting to recruit to, to beat us. Um, and then scheme, as you mentioned, um, I mean, I know we hedge the screen hard, um, and we don't, we, you know, double, double the post, you know, do that post trap a lot. Um, that's kind of who we are. It, it almost looks like occasionally we need to maybe switch that screen or not hedge it as hard just to throw them off a little bit. Um, there are times it felt like last night there's three or four possessions where they ran that screen action you were talking about and we got burnt the same way um you know helping on the backside but there's some positives from last night any and even the georgia tech game um you know the defense is coming around a little bit we're we're certainly it's hard to and i think one of the things that kind of i realized last night was a kill in his last year and darion last year um talking about the matchups they could guard that that stretch four, but they could also abuse them on the other end. And I think that's, Wilkins does a good job guarding them, but he, he can't post up and take advantage of them on the opposite end. And that's something those guys, we always talk about their defense, but Akil became very you know a very capable post player, um, and Darion was as well. So I think not being able to, to guard it on one end and take advantage on the other is certainly ha- hampering us. But you know I would like to see, I think we talked about it again, yeah, I'd rather, you know, have Mike Toby on there and, and abuse their abuse that stretch for that smaller stretch four in the uh, in the post, or have Gill abuse them um, and, and force them to take that guy out, than to automatically go to Wilkins every time. Um, you know, situationally it's different, but um, you know, basketball is weird this year, man. I watched that Kansas Kansas Oklahoma game. I'm guessing you guys caught most of that. I mean, those two teams look extraordinary. Then I watched Kansas last night against West Virginia on the road and I didn't recognize them. So it's just a weird year for basketball. And I'm pretty sure Duke just lost to Clemson as we're talking about that. So, um, it's, it's an odd year. Well, the, th- the thing is, is that there, I've seen a lot of comments about this uh, earlier in the season, the idea that there just aren't that many like, um, elite teams. And now I would throw Virginia from last year in that mix as well. The difference with this Virginia team is is that one, I, 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 we, I think we all understand Darion Atkins and the impact. I, I'm unsure of just what Justin Anderson and not having him has done to them in the sense that the I thought I always thought his biggest contribution was last season at least was the uptick in three point shooting and the fact that once because of who he was and because of who he, what he was doing shooting the ball. He opened things up so much, and 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 I think when Virginia's hitting shots, that's still the case, right? You know, you got Malcolm, you got London Parentis, and you and you got even to an extent Darius Thompson. Okay, the thing that Virginia doesn't have this year that they had last year was a cohesiveness, and and I wonder even if even if Thompson is is giving them a lot in terms of I, I mean, look, Justin was great at 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 wiping things off the board that were mistakes he made, right? He could he he had the track down block or what have you he he could he could do something that would that would kind of take something that he screwed up and and kind of wipe it out okay 
Thompson helps you because one, he's probably the best finisher Virginia has right now, um, and two, he's a guy who 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 gets hands in passing lanes. Now he might not be a reliable scorer, and that's consistency has been a thing for him. But like, he's given you a lot that maybe you haven't had in the past, right? The problem is, is that defensively he he he's a good defender. But he's a better one-on-one defender than he is a help defender. And I think that was something that Anderson did a really good job of, is that he knew he, he had a good feel for where he was supposed to be and, and, and how he was supposed to play it. And I think you can have an issue in the post, or you can have an issue on the wing, but you can't have both. You can't, and I think that's what you have these possessions where like teams are either getting stuff in the lane that just Virginia never gives up, or they're they're getting open looks, and you're just like, man, why why does that keep happening? And the reality is that's happening because Guys are just not they're they're just not they're not as together. Um, they all know where they're supposed to be, and I and and I think that if you watch the Georgia Tech game, they make that run late, largely with role players out there. Malcolm and Gill were on the bench, um, but then when you know when Virginia kind of tried, okay, you know we're back in it, let's do this. That's when they put they they made made some changes, and Georgia Tech went on the run. Um, I think it's it's important though for folks. Like that was a top ten team last night that they beat, right? And and yeah. and a top fifteen team both in and uh, I think roughly top fifteen in offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency, right? So like, listen, that was not like you got yourself healthy against Wake Forest. You know, you didn't just beat up on Boston College. Like that's a top ten team. Um, that that uh, granted was was in your house and and whatnot, but I mean that that group is talented, man. Rodriguez, McClellan, that even that Reed kid was pretty nasty. Um, I, you know, it seemed like McClellan didn't do anything. I don't know what his stats were, but it felt like he was just out of the game. Well, I think Virginia did a good job of really making him earn. Um, you know, I don't think they didn't do as well against Rodriguez, but quite honestly, Rodriguez was has always been a problem. I mean, and 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 like the back line always gives up. Somebody always scores. You know. You know, Kay Felder is going to get his, right? But, like, somebody's always going to have a decent night. The question is whether or not he has any help. And, you know, I thought Virginia did a good job of, of not letting uh, the, the stretch four kid, whose name I won't even begin to, to butcher, um, go all, do his best Omar Sherman uh, impression from last year. Cruz Uceda? Uh, okay, well, fine. You, there was a, no, there's another part of his name. He's got, like, a something in the middle. There's yeah, his last name's Cruz Uceda. What's his first his name? His first name is, like, I don't know. Juan Peter. John. <laughs> um, but, like, but but I just think the matchup piece for Virginia is so important that, like, yeah. if, if you play, if they, like, because I almost feel like their best lineup, okay, their best lineup is it's like an A or B situation. If A, then B. If Toby's not playing well offensively, then, you know, their best lineup is to go small. But sometimes they can't do that, right? If the team they're playing has a traditional big like this one does, or like in some ways Notre Dame does, because even though they want to go small, they still have one clear traditional big, a big man who's not going to take you to the three-point line, right? You can, I think Virginia can deal with with a stretch four or guy, whatever. The problem is, is when you when you have multiple guys who who have length and they can shoot. That's the the Maryland model, you know, smaller guards, guys with length. Um, I, I was encouraged by Virginia's defense last night. I still think there's a lot that that, that has to come together, um, and I wonder if part of the thing we've seen with the, in those two losses to to Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, if those if the part of that was they just weren't playing very good defense, and they, this is a team that gets energy from its defense, and so therefore it was tough for them to get energy anywhere because 
they just constantly couldn't get a stop. Now, Mike Barber yeah. from the Richmond Times Dispatch really hit this thing hard last night in the postgame press conferences, uh, both with, with Tony and with the players, about this idea that, that Virginia couldn't get stops. But I thought there were definitely times in that game where they did get stops. Because I, I don't think you can do what Virginia did last night. Um, you know, that game, I think, had like 11 lead changes at one point um, in the midway through the second half. Um, you know, went back and forth there through the middle of the half. Uh, Virginia goes up 44 to 43 on a, on a London three. They go on a run. They they hold uh, Miami to to one field goal for what five minutes there from the 11:45 to the uh, to let's see after the under eight. So it came back at the uh, at the 7:10. So like for a good four and a half minutes more, right? Almost five minutes. They they held them scoreless. That stops. Now maybe they didn't get. Uh, they didn't get stops in like the last, you know, I don't know, minute, right? But it's a five-point game when Jakiri scores at at two two o five, uh, excuse me, two fifty five. Rodriguez cuts it to three uh, about thirty seconds later. They don't have another field goal for the for the last two minutes and twenty seconds of this game. Uh, Rodriguez goes to the line, misses at the front end, and then he makes two free throws with twenty nine point one. So I I don't know this idea that Virginia didn't get stops. Um, yeah, I mean, not to, not to interrupt you, Brad. But I mean, I think the it was a combination of two things. It's yeah, you know, the defense this year just hasn't been where it was last year. That's pretty obvious, and it, it's kind of wax and wane this year. Um, the Tech game, we turned the ball over too much on offense, which hurt the defense. You cut those, you cut your turnover. We gave up twenty six points against Virginia Tech, you know, on turnovers. You cut those in half. They only score like you know, they may not break sixty. Um, that's not a bad defensive effort. It's just the offense also wasn't clicking because of the turnovers. And then Georgia Tech, we just got dominated on the boards. You know, we gave up too many offensive rebounds. Cut those in half. We'll probably win that game. So I think you know, I think we're going to continue to see. You know, I'd like to think we can get better on defense, but you know, we you kind of are what you are as a roster. And there, you know, there's some deficiencies. Uh, deficiencies too strong of a word, but you got to use it. Um, and and what we have. You know, and and teams are talented. You're going to give up some points. It's just, you know, if you're going to give up points, you've also got to continue to protect the ball on offense, and you've got to rebound well. You do those things, and giving up, maybe not having as many gaps as you did last year, you know, on defense aren't it isn't as hurtful. What what I found a little, you know, I thought the defense improved last night, but I still saw some things in the offense which make no sense considering where we were early in the season. Um, just the offense seems to be getting more stagnant in the last few games. Um, and, you know, that improves and the defense doesn't need to improve as much as, as we, t- we talk about. So it's that, that wonderful marriage of the two issues that seem to have both come to a head on the road. Um, did get improved a little bit last night. Um, and not to take our whole topic off, you know, not to take off your defensive, uh, take, you know, leave your defensive discussion, but um, offensively, I don't know. Have you guys noticed, and maybe it's just me, but like when Malcolm initiates the offense, which lets you know, especially when he's playing with London, allowing London to be out the ball, I need to. I'd like to go back and look at a few games, but I feel like we don't score very much when Malcolm initiates the offense. Um, I think the best way to say that is is that there's some questionable decisions being made. That I mean, pull up long twos and um, maybe forcing some things to the basket. At times, I think sometimes Malcolm tries to do a little too much. Not necessarily because he he's trying to do too much, but because he he just feels like that's what he's supposed to do. You know, it's almost like 
when a team when a team either takes takes AG away, right? Take does whether they're doubling the post or maybe they're fronting him or what have you, um, or they've taken the curl away. Okay, uh, it's almost like they like they feel like they need to force it to get the thing going so then they can get that thing back. You know what I mean? It's almost like a team like in football. Uh, the, the team keeps stacking the box, daring you to throw, but you're determined that you know we're gonna run it, and we're gonna we're gonna break this open, and then we're gonna throw it. Like it's it's a it's a it's a case of I feel like sometimes they're trying to open something up, but in so doing they're make they're just muddy in the water a little bit, or or they're making bad decisions, which in essence bog down the offense even more. Like I understand Toby can hit a hit that shot from the top of the key, but he's seven foot tall. And him taking that shot that far away from the basket is not a good thing for Virginia. Um, even if it's in rhythm, it's just not. And, and I understand that there's a, there's a growing sense in basketball right now that offensive rebounds are useless. That this idea that uh, any time that you spend trying to go to the offensive glass um, is, is just wasted time. That basically you should shoot and then run back, set yourself for defense. Um, it's, a, it's a weird kind of way to look at it. I think for Virginia, those second-chance points are kind of big. I mean, in this game, Virginia had 13 second-chance points. Um, you know, when you're not getting anything in the in transition, I mean, I think both teams had like two points, um, fast-break points each. Like, when you're not getting anything transition, and you got Mike Toby in the game, he's got to offensive rebound. He's got to be able to hit the glass and get you some putbacks. Um, I think he had, what, seven rebounds, three of them, um, on the offensive glass, I bet you he scored on two of those. One of them was that tip dunk. So it, it, to me, it's like it's about who you are and and how and how your strengths kind of line up together, right? Because Malcolm initiating offense is a good thing sometimes. It just depends on what else is going. Because if 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 they've taken AG away or they've taken the curl away, and, and Malcolm's trying to force it, that's not good. But then. In a situation like they had against Notre Dame, where Malcolm—I mean, Gill has killed them on the inside. They've gone zone, so now Malcolm has kind of just taken over, even if it's a shot early in the clock. Well, that's you know that's that's kind of a comfort zone. Um, so he hasn't I, offensively. Malcolm hasn't looked comfortable uh, in a while. I mean, he keeps—he's trying the floater, and it's not really there. He's tried it on the baseline. He's tried it in the in the lane. Um, you know, he's got these long twos. A couple of those shots last night weren't even close. Um, where and it just seems like to me he's just rushing it. He's taking he sees a little bit of daylight and he's trying to make a play. Um, whereas I think if if they work the offense, especially when they go inside out, when they go inside out, Virginia's really good. And I think the, the that's where the offense is. When the, I think when they've had good games, that's what's happened. Is they've gone inside out, and whenever they get away from that, the, I think they tend to struggle. I feel like we should we should check on Ferber to make sure he's still with us. <laughs> I'm here. So, do you have uh, do you have any thoughts on on uh, on uh, the idea that Virginia's offense has been? You know, we, we I hate, look at the defense. I hate long. I just hate long twos. I'm not a big fan of them myself. I, I would agree yeah, with that. It's like the statistically worst shot you can take in basketball. It's like 18 footers. Um, so yeah, I mean, it seems like there's just been a lot of those, and it just feels like they're not rhythm shots. You know, like they're not. Oh wow, that you know, like. When Wilkins hits that elbow jumper, it feels like it's a rhythm shot. You know, he only takes it in certain spots. But it feels like they've been taking a lot of, like, out of rhythm type, like, oh, let's see if I can just get something going shots. I think that's kind of what you said. Um, 
Yeah, it just, I mean, it feels like they're kind of just like, almost sometimes it feels like on offense like they're stalling, and then they're just like, oh, well, let's just see what we have. You know, like, if Gil has to just put something up, we'll put something up, and we'll just see where we go. Um, doesn't feel as like, I haven't, you know, last year, how many times per game would you be like, wow, look at the ball moving on that possession? It'd be like three, four times a game. Now it feels like it's very unusual. You know, that's a good point because they, you know, there have been moments, right? There have been moments, but I think probably too, some of that comes down to the, um, you know, the kind of just jointedness of just guys being, you know, not being cohesive. I mean, it makes sense that it wouldn't, that it would help um, on the offensive, it would happen on the offensive end if it happens on the defensive end. Um, my big thing last week is, is <sighs> this team is really talented. Um, they're just not being able to put it together. And, and what's funny is that, like, you can see it. Like you can literally, like you can actually, see, like you can see play to play. Oh, there's the mistake. Oh, there's the mistake. Oh, there's the mistake. And they just have not been this inconsistent, um, you know, in such a long time. That again, beating a not top ten team, and you had people last night that were still frustrated, including the head coach. Um, I still think that that's the right approach because there's a lot about this team that's not right yet, but they do have a lot of talent, and I do think that. Mario Shayak seems to be getting a little bit of confidence back. I mean, he didn't have a good game last night. I don't think he scored. Um, but I think that it's interesting the coach decided to go with him. I'm not really sure what's what's going on with the Jack Salt. You know, he, he went like, what, how many games he didn't play? And now all of a sudden he's starting? I mean, I don't really – I don't know how – I don't know. Yeah, I don't have the same, like, you know, negative reaction to Salt starting. A lot of people – are kind of down on because he's not scoring much. He kind of he does look like a Bambi out there occasionally. But I there's something about I like the way the team plays when he's on the floor. Um, it, it's just like you know occasionally there's a guy who when you look at him individually it doesn't make sense, but he, he kind of makes the team better. And I don't know if he's a long term answer, but I really like him as kind of a shot in the arm. Um, and I think Toby plays much better for some reason when Salt starts and. If Salt starting and giving us four or five minutes or getting to that first TV timeout gets Toby motivated, that's a plus for Virginia. Um, I mean, it's just a limited sample size we're looking at, obviously, but yeah, he yeah, uh, I like it. He 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 played in the first four games modestly. All right, he play he started the next three. Then he didn't play against William Mary. He plays seven minutes uh, and starts against West Virginia. Doesn't play for two games. All right. Then he plays three minutes against Oakland, and then he doesn't play for two games. And then he um, he obviously played what eight minutes or something against Georgia Tech, and then obviously started the other night. It's just a so we're weird... undefeated when he starts. That's what you're telling me, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a weird kind of like ebb and flow. And why do you read from the Daily Progress? Had made a good point last night, or something. At first, I at first I kind of scoffed at it. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, maybe he's right. The idea that. These guys are coming in for really short stints. I mean, I think by the by the under eight, you know, Virginia already played eleven dudes. Um, that's really not a lot of time for guys to get in any kind of groove. Now it might help them long term, right? Because the guys aren't playing as many minutes, and you you have to think at some point the rotation is going to slim up. Clearly, coaches at, at this point has not figured out what he wants that rotation to be. Um, and I'll be honest, at some point, I think he just has to pick it. I think you have to pick it and put guys out there and let them play. Um, you know, I understand that matchups are going to dictate a lot, and I, like I said before, I, I think it's a problem that Virginia so often has to like basically, um, you know, 
match up to somebody else rather than making somebody else match up to them. Maybe that's just the nature of being a defensive-minded team, you know? But for me, I just – I don't know. I watch this team and I think, you know what, they can be a whole lot better than what they're showing. Now, maybe they're not going to be quite as good as they were, you know, against Villanova or at most of the game against Notre Dame. But I think they can be a lot better, and I think they, they did take some steps last night. The, the, the schedule is not <laughs> – not gonna it's not gonna be too kind to them um you know so they at this point they get florida state in tallahassee on sunday and then they get clemson at home which clemson obviously uh like dave said they did beat duke right yes they won okay. so i mean clearly that clemson team it's like it's like the bottom part of the acc was like oh it's an acc play let's go ruin some stuff um it's very interesting then they get syracuse at home they got to go to wake forest who's kind of you know an interesting I mean, because look, it's at the Joel, it's at the Dash. So, uh, and then they got to get go to Louisville before they come back home for the for the rest you up game on on February third against Boston College. You know, th- there's just not a whole lot of gimmies in this league. Um, sorry, Boston College. Um, <laughs> there's just not. And and like the, it used to be, like you know, you could beat the tar out of Georgia Tech, you beat the tar out of Clemson, you beat the tar out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, those teams not playing too poorly right now. Um, so I. I look at it from the standpoint, I can look at it from the global sense, and, and then I can say, you know what, this team is getting better, um, or at least showed some signs of improvement last night. Let's see if they can take some more steps Sunday. Um, but I, like Justin said earlier, you got to win on the road. Like, and they haven't shown that they can do that. I mean, they won on neutral courts um, this season, you know? I mean, they, but they haven't won too many true road games, obviously. They lost at George Washington, which was a true road game. They obviously won at Ohio State. Um, then they lost at Virginia Tech and lost to Georgia Tech. So they've only they've played on the road four times, two road games, and they've won one. I mean, they got to be able to, to, you know, they got to be able to get on the road and, and win in Tallahassee. They got to win in Winston Salem. They got to figure out a way to to win in in Pittsburgh or or Louisville. Um, and then of course you got to go to Durham uh, middle of next month, about a month from tonight. So like, <sighs> I feel like this team has a lot of potential. I'm just, I guess it's also very different because no, normally Virginia's doing a really, I mean, like, you know exactly who the team is by this point, and we still don't know that. But like Dave made the point earlier, like, maybe that's just an element of this season in college basketball. Yeah, I mean, another thing, and I'm interested to see what, interested to see what you guys think about this. I mean, most, just with the way the college game is now, most of the teams that have been, you know, high ranked for the last few years, like, we've been lucky to, blessed even <laughs> to to have been most of them are, are full of players that are around for one or two years um and i just wonder you know you, th- you look at a guy like london perantes or mike toby or anthony gill or malcolm brogdon they've played a lot of meaningful games for a few years and at this point in their career you know they've they've won the acc regular season twice they've won the acc tournament title this year is re- really going to be defined by what happens in the NCAA tournament. Now, granted, they've got to get their, they've got to make it. Um, I just wonder, is it human nature? To, like, does that start to weigh on these guys? Like, you know, are they maybe not as sharp for a game at Georgia Tech because they've, they've been there, done that? Um, and that little bit of, you know, that little bit of dullness that, that you have versus last year, that's all it takes now. Um, so, I, you know, I think maybe, maybe Tony's concerned about that. And maybe that's why he saw the aggravation last night. Um, I don't know. It's my psycho babble for the day. You know, you know me and my psychological evaluations of sports <laughs> players. <laughs> then I won't tell you the, the text message that Ferber sent me last night when things were not looking that great. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're going to tease that and we're going to leave you because I can't say that on air. Um, 
All right, so let's 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 wrap this up with a couple of uh, hypotheticals. Um, Sunday, Fer- Ferber hasn't read the preview yet, but w- Sunday in in Tallahassee. How Why do you guys say like? it like that? No, I don't mean like I mean it's, it's freaking <laughs> Wednesday. Soccer. I don't need it. But like I'm just saying, like we're going to talk about something that you know in terms of giving picks. I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, I'm just was saying. So how do we feel about Virginia's chances um, uh, against the the Seminoles? Uh, that's a weird team because they feel they feel like they should be a lot better than they are right now. I mean, that team feels like it should be pretty good. I mean, you've got Dwayne Bacon and Xavier Raytham Mays, and you've got a whole bunch of big dudes. I mean, you just feel like that team should be better, and they're they're not right now. Um, what are you guys feeling uh, in that one? How do you how do you feel about Virginia's chances? Yes, I mean, I think. Uh I think they'll be favored on the road. Um, it's tricky because, like you said, Florida State, they have the talent and they haven't showed it. So I've watched two of their recent games. Uh, I watched them play North Carolina, and they had spurts where they looked really good and then spurts where they looked terrible. Like, they came out of the gate and just looked awful. They looked like a young team. I mean, a talented team, but a young team. I think UVA is usually pretty good at taking advantage of those types of teams, but... I mean, if you've watched UVA's last two road games, it's kind of hard to go in there and, and assume they're just going to beat a team with a ton of talent on the road in a place where they've struggled in the past um, with ease, you know, considering how they've played of late. Um, I think having the extra couple of days of rest will probably help before they go down there. Uh, so I, I, I expect UVA to win, but I am cautious about it. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like, I almost feel like worse about this game than I did about Miami. Huh, interesting. Well, the thing about this game, you made a good point about youth. It, like, it, you could say this about Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. They both had they bo- those both of those teams have some some upperclassmen who have be- who have been around guys who have played at multiple colleges. Like, think about how many dudes at, on Georgia Tech's roster have played at multiple schools. You know, Virginia Tech. They got Seth Allen, uh, who is a guy who who obviously brings a lot of experience. Devin Wilson's a very experienced guy. Um, you know, they've they've got. I think um, guys who have, who have played Zach Zach Ladez a junior, um, you know they they don't have Chris Clark right now. He's kind of the younger one of the group, uh, aside from obviously like you know Blackshear and Robinson. Um, but like you know Bibbs has played, uh, you know Wilson has played. That's that's a that's a group that you know has some has some experience and, and Georgia Tech obviously more experience in the sense that you know Charles Mitchell and 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 Adam Smith and uh, Marcus George's Hunt. Um, you know, guys who who play uh, Florida State, a lot of youth. Um, you know, between I mean, Raytham Mays, he's still only a sophomore, but between Beasley and Bacon, I mean, they're both really good freshmen. Um, you know, Devin Booker would clear would have to be a guy who who you'd hope to to kind of take over. Um, Monte Brandon, but I mean, like, how how are they really getting contributions from those guys right now? I mean, that's the that's the thing is that like the major contributors are not those dudes. Um, Whatever happened to Ola? Uh, um, what was the big dude? Not Boris, but the other guy. Ojo. Ojo. Is he not playing anymore? I don't know. I, don't I didn't see him the other night because he's not listed. I'm looking at Ken Palm. Um, he's not listed among the dudes who play. He's not even listed among the bench warmers, unless he changed his name. But anyway, that that's beside the point. I think that if you look at it from that standpoint, you're right. I mean, you know, Virginia usually handles teams that have a lot of talent but not a lot of experience. Think about Ohio State, right? Um, but, man, Florida State is just is weird. I mean, maybe they, those three games they've lost so far, um, 
you know, in the ACC, maybe those three games are just the three teams that might be pretty good, Clemson, Carolina, and Miami, um, you know, two of them on the road. Um, we'll, we'll see what they do uh, tonight against uh, NC State, who is another team that seems to be kind of reeling. Um, so what a that, that I don't know I don't know how much we'll even learn from that. Dave, what about you? How are you feeling about about the the return to Seminole Land? It's always one of my least favorite games. I mean, it, it's one of those. You know, I think Virginia tends to excel in the stadium that's going to have a little more energy, and Florida State kind of falls in. Uh, you know, falls into that category of arena you don't think of as high energy. Um, but yeah, Florida State, it's, they're such an enigma because, I mean, the Clemson loss kind of made them look bad, and then Clemson just beat Duke. So, you know, at <laughs> you know at Bon Secours Wellness Arena, I think it's called. Um, and, but they've given up a ton of points in the AC. You know, they gave up 84 to Clemson, 106 to Carolina. Um, and then they lost at Miami, who we saw last night is a, a very capable team. But they've also beaten some good teams. You know, it's – I don't know what to expect. Uh, all I know is, you know, we – Virginia can't show up and expect to win. Um, I'd be surprised if we lost, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if that's the whole worst worst comment ever. But that's about how I feel. Now, and I don't think that's too far from the truth. I mean, I think right after after you see the team go on the road and lose the way they did in Blacksburg and Atlanta, I think you kind of have to look at it and say, well, you know what, you expect that they should should win this game, but, you know, it's not guaranteed. Um, and I think that's part of the problem, honestly, with them right now, is that you're not really sure what you're going to get. Um, I will say this, though. I think that, you know, Virginia gets Florida State this weekend. Then they got to come back home for Clemson next week. Uh, they get Syracuse at home next week. Couple of road games, it, nice little ebb and flow uh, to it. Um, you know, they they don't play Duke until February. They don't play Carolina until February. Um, the second Clemson game isn't until later in February. Um, so, in some ways, I think we'll, we'll obviously we'll learn a lot more uh, about this team over the next you know ten days or so. Um, mainly because I I, I don't know I, I can't tell you if the if the losses to Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech are signs that the league is just better. Or if there's signs that Virginia is not as good as we thought, um, we kind of need to get a little deeper into conference season, which is why, you know, these these other games matter a lot as well. Um, I think for Virginia, the biggest key to me is one: guys have to continue to to, to kind of gel. I think that's been the biggest issue. Um, is that you know they're just they're still playing like they're searching for answers. You know what I mean? Like they're still not comfortable. Malcolm, London, AG are comfortable all on offense. Um, but defensively, I think they still have – they're still trying to figure out who they are. And that's something I think that uh, – maybe that's one of the reasons Tony was so frustrated last night is that he's this deep into the season um, and they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – don't, don't forget we, lo- we lost two ACC games total in the last two years and we lost two back-to-back. So, you know, it's – I think we're all as fans trying to wrap our head around it. Um we were at six. We were at sixteen and two and sixteen and two back to back, if I remember correctly. Right. So, and then, the, and then you lose two of the first three, and you're like, yeah. okay, well, what is this? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Sixteen two is pretty quick, good. One more quick thing on Florida State. Um, this series is very strange. <laughs> so, you know, I just thought about it when Dave was saying how it's one of his least favorite games every year. But uh, every game they've played against Florida State recently has been weird in some way. Um, Last year, that was the game where uh, Mal- or, uh, yeah, Malcolm and London collided. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. 
right? And then in the ACC tournament, I believe there were some technicals handed out at one point. Darion got a technical for something. It was a weird game. Uh, obviously, there was the near fight. Yeah. In Charlottesville, the one year with the apology uh, letter, right? With the apology letter. Well, there was the Bernard James. That was a whole other. Oh, that's right. There, there was a Bernard James talking kicking about the Ocaro yeah. White. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was yeah, Justin Ocaro White. On the rim they night. met in the ACC tournament that year, and Ocaro White called everybody out before the game. Uh, you know, in his like presser after they beat whoever they beat to get to UVA. So every game they've played against Florida State recently has been odd in some way so just prepare for something odd said <laughs> jefferson epps joe harris joe harris's was in there too well i'm just gonna say xavier retame is just gonna go crazy i just have a, he he had he hasn't had one of those games yet has he it was one of those games where he just goes absolutely nuts and he scores like 30 points in like seven minutes or some nonsense like seriously he's gonna go he's gonna go crazy it's just gonna happen you just watch uh i think that's a good place to put a pin in it i think uh um we'll see Next week, uh, whether or not I get to come back uh, relatively happy or whether I get to be all agitated again. It's kind of fun being all angry. I'm not going to lie. That was kind of fun. Um, but, again, I want to thank everybody out there for giving us a listen and certainly uh, for supporting the show now on iTunes, Podbean, um, or even listening just inside your uh, Safari or um, Firefox or Chrome or whatever. I guess Internet Explorer is getting nixed, so maybe not that. But, anyway, appreciate all of your support. want to appreciate uh, say I appreciate um, – Obviously, folks kind of dealing with as we go through the redesign, which hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast will be live on the front page, which will make my life a lot easier um, and certainly uh, will hopefully be a good thing for, for you guys on the site. And again, I want to say thank you to uh, Dave and, and, and Justin for, for hanging out with me tonight and you know being so uh, willing to, to jump on here every week and talk UVA sports. So, for David Spence, for Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.